Paduano? Padano? Yeah, Paduano. 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 Yeah. Jeff Paduano. President, or yes, of Analog's cleaning system, laser cleaning system. So I know I'm butchering that. So what you just said before we started is, how did I find you? Yeah. Well, that is a story. I'll make it short and sweet. I So on Reddit, there is a, there is a subreddit for... Um, for laser cleaning and I, as someone i graduated with a biology degree in 2013 now i'm taking photoshop courses so i have no no knowledge of any of this but it's something where those videos are just hypnotizing right it's like a certain if i don't know if you ever watch videos of like uh, maybe you're not as weird as i am there are videos of people just kind of like laying bricks or maybe someone making a knife they're just hypnotizing almost like watching a fire Lasers cleaning stuff is just hypnotizing. And I started this podcast in December. So I was like, man, I'm going to I'm just going to get on because I can just talk to anybody. It has been more difficult to get, get, not even get a guess, but to just get a response from anyone in the laser cleaning industry. I have had on members of like Delta Force. I've had on I've had on literal CIA agents former members of the National Security Council, all of those difficult to get in themselves, easier to get than laser clean, anyone in the laser cleaning industry. So I don't know if that's intentional that all you guys are playing hard to get, (laughs) but (laughs) I've been trying. And finally, like two weeks ago, I was, I've been trying since February. And I, yeah, finally two weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going scorched earth. I'm just gonna call every company I can. I'm gonna, I'm going to bomb their email inboxes. Yeah. And then, sure enough, last week, got a response from you. Hey, Tommy, I'd be delighted. I was so yeah. excited. I was throwing stuff up in the air. But, yeah, so, but enough of me talking. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Sure. So, I actually own two companies. They're sister companies. And one is the one you just mentioned, Analog's Roll Cleaning Systems, affectionately known as ARCS. And um, that business is dedicated to the packaging industry. So we are a small business uh, and niche oriented, meaning the cleaning we do uh, is strictly focused in on something called an analox roll. And an analox roll is what carries the ink uh from say the ink fan over to the substrate in the world of packaging it might be carried forward to a a piece of you know corrugated right uh and and it goes way beyond just uh plain brown boxes we are also talking about very sophisticated advanced packaging uh solutions so just think about uh as you walk down the aisle of a walmart or any type of grocery store uh, or even, you know, whatever comes through uh, via Amazon, everything is surrounded by a package. Mm-hmm. And packaging has only gotten fancier. Uh, and it's, it is designed to impress the consumer. And therefore, you know, uh, it's not just plain brown wrapping anymore. It's very dynamic, very colorful, and very important to uh, to plenty of uh, especially consumer goods uh, and the companies that produce those. So we have the consumer good that needs to be packaged uh, in a um, 
in, in the right kind of box or even something that's wrapped in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of that is done still. Uh, the printing part is still done with very uh, sophisticated printing presses these days. And those print all of the printing presses in America, I should say 90% of them at least, have this cylinder, this analog roll, uh, and its sole purpose is to to meter the ink onto the substrate. Okay. Uh, so very precise process these days. The analog roll, if you were just looking at it with your naked eye, Tommy, you would just see a dark gray metallic cylinder, and it looks very ordinary. Once you put a microscope on it, all of a sudden what's revealed are millions of cells. Okay. So think uh, along the lines of like a honeycomb, it, it resembles that. And these cells are typically hexagonal. There's different shapes and, and sizes, but, uh, but that's what the microscope reveals would be all of these cells, they are truly just these miniature ink cups. Mm-hmm. And the ink is, is spread over this cylinder with a blade uh, and then it's spinning and as it spins the substrate comes up comes into contact uh, actually with the dye uh, and, and that's how you end up getting a, a nice pretty box is how that works yeah and so it does it take sorry uh, this is my fault do you have a uh, do you have headphones I can I, I can hear my own feedback coming through that's my fault I should have done that beforehand yeah, I don't have headphones. Don't, don't worry. Uh, don't, worry. Yeah. don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, don't okay. worry about it. That's my fault. Um, yeah, this is. I'm still learning this thing as I go. Um, yeah. So, why does that require laser cleaning? So, um, so as that cylinder runs, the the world of inks today they're very eco friendly. Uh, in the old days, they were uh, solvent based. They would not dry out as quickly. And today's inks, today's modern inks, are typically water-based inks, which just means they're going to dry much, much quicker. And as a result, when the ink dries, it becomes a hard uh, residue, a hard substance. And those miniature cells I mentioned, uh, they do fill up eventually with dried ink. And at some point, uh, it starts to affect your quality. So what used to be a nice, precise line on a box, all of a sudden it becomes blurry. Or what used to be uh, the right shade of red, all of a sudden is a faded red. It doesn't match up with the corporate logo, let's say. And it's it's the analog's role that's typically the culprit. The... uh, the analogs is referred to in the industry as the heart of the press. That's how critical it is to maintain it. That's how critical it is to to make sure it's ultra clean. And usually, you know, people will run a job, and then after that job is run, that's when it's time to clean. Um, so, uh, in our world, we call that restoring the volume. Um, so let's say, and, and things are measured in, in believe it or not, the billionth cubic. Micron. It is the tiniest of measurements. Wait, tiniest. of a, a billionth of a micron? Yes. So, so it's, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Um, so, so, and, and so I, for, I didn't mention. So the analog's role is is either a carbon fiber hollow core 
uh, type cylinder with a ceramic coating on it, or it could also be a solid core steel cylinder with that same ceramic coating on it. Okay. That ceramic coating, uh, not to confuse anyone, but that, that ceramic is also, that's laser engraved. So that's a much different process, meaning it's using a more powerful laser to create this engraving of all of those tiny cells. Okay. Uh, but as you can imagine, because they're so tiny, it just doesn't take that much for the dried ink to build up. And, and again, once that happens, it affects uh, how things look. Um, and and that just means it's time to remove the dried ink, time to clean it out. And that's where the laser comes in. Uh, and, and there's other methods for, for cleaning these cylinders, but uh, we've been involved now with the, the laser process for, for these cylinders for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And our experience it has been phenomenal in terms of it being the best way to do this type of precise cleaning. And there's still some watchouts that people, you know, need to understand. But by and large, when everything's worked in the way it should, the laser literally restores these cylinders' volumes to like new condition. Yeah. So they are removing every last speck of dried ink. And, and it goes beyond inks. You know, there's plenty of processes that use coatings, uh, clear coatings, fancy coatings, coatings with metallic, uh, let's say metallic-based coatings. So it, it's a whole uh, lot of, of different substances that, that will that will run on this type of cylinder. But by and large, the laser can tackle them all. Mm-hmm. So it's very effective. Uh, it, it works very well, and it's very green in terms of a green technology um i like to say you know with with this green technology you're not giving up anything there there's plenty of examples where if you try to go green some you're sacrificing something yeah um and and in the case of the laser cleaning it's a better process and the the plus is it's also a greener process so that's just really gravy but um but no waste, right, is what I'm referring to. Um, but the way the laser works is it's not producing anything uh, like like a chemical bath would, right? Chemical baths, the chemistry eventually uh, becomes old or spent, and that has to be hauled away as a hazardous material. There's nothing at all like that with the laser. It's it's literally a, a zero-waste generator. Some some sci-fi stuff right i mean it's yeah it's 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 almost too good it's i had on some guys from oxford back in episode i think 80 something this is 182 now and they were they're nuclear fusion scientists one's from oxford this guy's phd the other's almost phd but they're working on ITER, i-t-e-r and i always forget but it's basically it's like the global like manhattan project for nuclear fusion which is you know it's always just around the corner. It's it's always right. We're going to the stars tomorrow. I mean, I, Eisenhower was saying it, so it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. On a side tangent, China's starting to build their own, so maybe that will get us to to kick it into high gear. But yeah, the the way they talk about stuff, it almost feels like it almost feels like I'm not talking to like an actual person involved in reality because what they're talking about seems so magic. You know, it's 
for the fusion guys it's like to power just let's just say x unit whatever the unit of power is let's just use that same unchanging variable to produce x unit at a normal coal-fired power plant you need 80 train cars full of coal every 24 hours to get that same power from a fission power plant you need half a train car of uranium per year and to get that same power with fusion you need i think a milliliter of seawater forever wow. <laughs> yeah right it, it starts to go go but yeah what you're saying is it, it's kind of weird how it's you normally expect with with more involved things like that like you're going into the billionth of a micron it's right. you would imagine there's some you know what's the catch right it's oh it's mm-hmm. uh it requires the you know the blood of pandas or something right some some precious resource oh it's burning a hole in the ozone but that's weird yeah. it's just it's yeah. everything's better everything's better um and, and i usually uh, you use the word magic that's how i feel sometimes it really is sure. like magic um i mean there's certainly plenty of physics involved and different types of reactions that are being caused by the laser itself but uh you know, to, to me also, when I first got involved, I'm like, wow, that's just amazing. You know, it's a very quick process. Like you don't have to wait long to see that it's working, to see the before versus the after, and then to realize that this, you know, there's no going back. It's the type of technology that is still, um, right now requires a more significant, say capital investment for corporations. But that is all that's, you know, we're, we're watching that change right before our eyes. They're becoming much more popular and common, which mm-hmm. which always drives the cost down as, as that happens. Yeah. 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 Now, how, how do I, I want that is, by the way, is there I don't know if you if you said it and it just went right right over my head. Is there a name for that unit of measurement, the billionth of a micron? So so it's referred to as BCM. OK. And it truly is. When, when the manufacturers of these cylinders are doing an engraving, uh, they will dial in their engravers so that when they're uh, making the cut, it's going to only uh, create a depth of a certain amount of BCM. Okay. So uh, it's, it's essentially measuring how much ink is gonna be allowed in the cell and and it varies from one BCM. Uh, that would be for very, very fine, delicate printing. Uh, think labels on beer bottles, right? Okay. Those are actually works of art when you start to study them. I work at a liquor store. So, oh, there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of them are beautiful, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so things like that, that the market segment there is called narrow web, uh, but that generally refers to label uh, makers and things like that. And then the volumes go up from there. So a more common volume would just be seven or eight BCM. And then as you get into corrugated, uh, larger format, larger scale printing, you can see volumes all the way up to uh, 30, 40, 50 BCM. That's a, that, that's basically the range we play in though from one to 50. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was, you, so, some units have like, you know, they're named after, like, I think, for like magnetic fields, I think on like giant magnetic fields, like in like planetary scale, I believe it's called a Tesla. 
Um, you know, there, there's plank space. He got his name on everything: plank space, plank length, plank time. It's yeah, yeah. You got to go in. And you got to yeah, the poly exclusion principle. Yeah, you got to go in and, and Heisenberg Heisenberg uncertainty principle. I was gonna say you need to go in and you need to, you need to get uh, BCM. Name it mm-hmm. after yourself. <laughs> Just <laughs> how, how, how many Jeffs is it? It's about four Jeffs. Yeah. Wow, four. But um, yeah, it's that's insane. So I I went on Reddit and um, because I think most people there are. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Reddit. I I certainly am. Yes. Okay. Okay. Then yeah. Okay. Then you know the sub. There's okay subreddit. You know how it works. I'm, I'm sure most people there are like me, where it's by no means a professional, but probably acting like they are, just like myself. But mm-hmm. I mean, reality, we're just here to watch the shiny light burn stuff. So I, right. I asked people to submit questions, and, and you know, I said no matter how complex or simple, because I certainly don't know what it means. And so I had some people submit some questions, and mm-hmm. some of them are actually very interesting. So the, the first guy, shout out Doc Fossil, user of Doc Fossil. Ask them if they've ever tried. It makes sense. Ask them if they've ever tried their technology on fossils. No joke. Cleaning delicate specimens to remove adhering rock is a difficult task. Museums mm-hmm. might benefit from a new tool like this. I thought that was the coolest question. Do you think it, that it's it possible? It, it's actually so. Let me back up a little bit. Sure. Here. How's that? So, sure. so the, the laser cleaning of these analog scrolls that we've been talking about, that the technology has been around for a long time. It's been refined over the last 10 years uh, to where it is today for the cylinder cleaning. However, uh, lasers have been around say for 20 years in the world of historic preservation. Mm. And they are absolutely in use today for fossil cleaning. of uh, them being used at the Smithsonian on their collections. And beyond fossils, they actually are also used on meteorites. So believe it or not, there are reasons to clean a meteorite. And and they have found down there, the conservators, that a laser works really well on that uh, and doesn't do any damage to the underlying mineral or rock. So that's really... You know, the one main thing about lasers, the the main point is they are truly just removing what's on the surface of an object and they are not supposed to do any harm or damage to the object itself. Mm-hmm. So, so the analog scrolls are very expensive. You would never run a laser on it if it's going to damage that engraving I mentioned. Yeah. To get it resurfaced is, is an expensive proposition. And the same holds true for for fossils and for anything old uh obviously there's a need to clean old paintings there's a need to clean monuments statues old buildings all of those structures and objects have are fair game for a laser uh system Mm -hmm. that's designed to do cleaning there are other types of lasers where you are going to do harm by design so so there's plenty of lasers out there that can cut steel and can, you know, act as weapons, right? Uh, so, so the lasers I'm referring to are, are not those. Uh, those are sometimes referred to as gas or CO2 lasers. The lasers that I have experience with are referred to as diode lasers. Okay. And diode lasers 
can be dialed in to be very gentle. Um, one of the biggest projects recently that where lasers were used successfully was uh, on the Canadian Parliament building. Okay. And it's a vast structure up in Ottawa, and it's limestone facade, which is a very soft stone, and they were uh, not allowed to use chemicals or power washing or any of the traditional methods to, to, to perform that, that type of cleaning. And that's how they got around to, to using lasers for that project. And it worked really, really well. So uh, lasers have been used on our Supreme Court building. They were used very recently uh, on the Jefferson Memorial down in DC. Okay. So, so, so beyond the packaging industry, there is a whole nother world where lasers are widely used, including back to your original question, fossils. That's definitely uh, a good way to do that stuff. Okay. Could you, I was like, yeah, Empire State Building is limestone, but I guess it's, yeah, I don't know. I guess they don't really clean anything in New York. I was thinking though, as soon as you were saying that, now I don't know if it's, it's uh, they got to pull on some college chemistry. Could you burn off the outer layer of the, uh, not the Empire, the, the, um, Statue of Liberty and make it shiny copper again? <laughs> mm, uh, yeah, so you can. I mean, that that's the patina that we all see. Yeah. Uh, and, and definitely that can also be removed. Uh, that's a whole nother, like you get into the philosophy of historic preservation. Sure. And the philosophy is that's how we want it to look right so yeah, so yeah so, so it still needs to be maintained but uh but to answer your question yeah you could make any statue out there look like new uh if you chose to it's it's what the laser is all about it's about restoration and conservation happening all at the same time yeah yeah it, there's always there's some terrible painting restorations when they try to touch it up i mean one of them is like a meme it's like a, an old painting of Christ and like the person mm. that touched it up. I mean, I mean, it looks like I, I yeah, it looks like I did it in kindergarten. I mean, I, it, I, I saw that story. Yeah. It was a shame. Horrific. Yeah. <laughs> horrific. Yeah. But I guess, I guess you answered the, the, the next one that I, that I commented on that question. Yeah. I was going to say something like the Vatican texts or, you know, the Vatican library or perhaps in, ancient, uh, not ancient or maybe ancient, coin collections you know an old an old penny from 1840 or something that's you know looks yep. black with grime i know with some jeweler there's you know there are there are existing i guess methods to clean like silver sterling silver gold but yeah i guess they kind of answered that question the vatican library well and it's even um so right now today the, there are some lasers at notre dame over in france ah. as part of the re fire restoration ah. so so, so, so soot, smoke, uh, mold, uh, things like that are also fair game for lasers. Um, and, and sometimes it's really, it's the only method uh, that, that works well without doing any harm. Yeah. Now, is there a future in, because I mean, I remember reading Popular Science and Popular Magazine, not Popular, Popular Science and Popular Mechanics back in like 2003, 2004, seventh, eighth mm -hmm. grade. I remember getting so amped up because it was like cancer is going to be cured by 2018. And I was like, awesome, we're doing it. Gold nanoparticles. And I'm like, it's only a matter of time. I'll be old and wise by then. Well, I didn't become old and wise and we haven't cured cancer. So thanks, Popular Mechanics. But 
Here we are in 2020. But just kind of like Fusion, we can kind of kick that can down the road and keep the, you know, the dangling carrot of uh, utopia ahead of us. I guess that's what keeps us going on that right. on that note or theme. Could you or are they used lasers for cleaning like hyper delicate tissue in the body, mm. arteries, alveoli in the lungs or even I mean, I remember I was, I was pre-med in college and I remember one of my professors was an anesthesiologist and they talk about this um, this blood this blood clot dissolving substance. I can't remember the name of it. It was a synthetic substance that it could, it could destroy or it, it, they, there's two of them. There's, they did opposite things. One could block a, like an annual, uh, a burst in a blood vessel and then other ones could dissolve it. But it was just like, it was like the duct tape and like WD 40 kind of duality of chem. It was, it was, it was gold. So yeah, it could, it could clear out a, a clot or it could heal a, a burst vessel. But I remember someone asked, I said, why, why is it so expensive? And he said, oh, well, it's made it's made by the Keebler elf and they only make so many a year because it was, just, you know, it was something insane. It was like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars per milliliter. But mm. you know, as all science goes, you know, what starts as the absolute access to only the elites, you know, it boils down into where everyone had think Gordon Gecko mm -hmm. versus, I mean, a cracked iPhone eight, but it's you know this is old news. This is you know this is bargain bin, and it, and it does it does magic, right? So it's yeah. yeah. Is laser cleaning, is that the future? And you know, money aside, is that mm. the maybe thirty years, forty years? Popular mechanics. I'm looking at you. Maybe it's way yeah. down the road. Nanobots going in cleaning your. I don't know. Is that? Do you think that's possible, or is that is that beyond the scope of this conversation? <laughs> Well, the, the the medical part, I am not sure how's that. That that's um, it. It seems in the realm of possibility, though. It really does. Um, and, and I think beyond those applications, you know, so lasers are used. You, you know, you could theoretically strip old paint off of a car using a laser. Mm -hmm. Today, that would still go pretty slow compared to sandblasting. Uh, or, or a media blast of some some sort, um, and there are you know so again the laser is not doing any harm to the substrate, so it's really not creating any type of roughness on the surface. So if you wanted to take old paint off, usually you want a fresh profile to put new paint on. The laser isn't quite there yet, and the beams are getting larger though. So right now a typical beam might be this wide, you know, call it three or four or five inches. I have seen some prototypes where that beam is triple, quadruple in size. So, so that's, those production rates are absolutely coming. Uh, the military uses lasers a lot for their military vehicle restoration work. Um, so, so yeah, Tommy, it's definitely, I think, what you're going to see in 10, 20, 30 years is, I would say almost zero use of chemicals, that those are just fading away more and more but you still need to clean and and lasers coming down and, and price points will allow people to all of a sudden, be like just having a, a gun, you know, in a holster, you'll, you'll pull out your laser and you'll start zapping away what's dirty that needs to be cleaned and, and put it back in your holster when you're done. That That's my vision of the future. I think that's definitely what we'll all see in our lifetime. Yeah, get, yeah. Rid, get rid of the yeah. dust buster yeah. and the vacuum. Yeah. Just pull that yeah. thing out, burn off, yeah, clean your toilet, mirror, just, mm, right. and yeah, kid. I want. 
I mean, could you just do away with showers? Could you just step in and just have a 360? But any that gets, you know, but half the fun of the shower is it's the hot water, right? right? It's so I don't know, maybe. But actually, you know, you, you just made me think. I mean, they do use lasers now for tattoo removal. So, oh, yeah. so there are medical applications uh, already for for stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's definitely I'm sure being worked on as we speak in, in the medical field. Yeah, it's yeah, and another thing I I, I commented is um on my own on my own thread because that's how cool i am is um <laughs> is the industrial cleaning of skyscrapers because i mean even things like the burj khalifa i mean it's by the time they finish cleaning it they have to start again because mm. i mean that's in the you middle of the desert think about this the the sand content in the air just the heat I mean, but anywhere right. i mean seattle anywhere. where it's raining non-stop or go to atlanta i used to live in yeah. atlanta i mean it's just New Orleans. I went. I interviewed at Tulane Med School, and I remember my one memory of leaving New Orleans was like, it just kind of seemed dirty. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. I mean, it's in a bucket yeah. of humidity. Um, yeah. Do you think that could be a thing? Because you don't even need what you could just get rid of people. You just have that thing running up and like a squeegee up and yeah. down the tower. Do you think that's yeah. a thing? It could be. Oh a thing? yeah, I've actually um, just recently saw where someone had automated. So, so the the key to success, one of the keys to success is the laser has a defined focal point. You have to be almost perfectly focused for the reaction to occur. And so if you think about a building that has a lot of architectural detail, it's right now done manually because you have to move the laser head in and out depending on what you're working on, right? The flat surface is going to be much different than a cornice and, and so on. The, um, the te- technology I've seen, it actually was just uh, earlier this year, where there are there, there are sensors that can detect your the depth uh, or say standoff distance the laser head is from, and 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 that is the direction of of this particular apparatus. So you can set it up to clean a complex surface and it goes in and out depending on what it's detecting. So, so yeah, that's definitely going to be a part of the future lasers. You know, there's a risk when you operate a laser, you have to know what you're doing. Uh, you can do damage with a laser on, on a delicate object. You can scorch a surface if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but there's also a human risk. You have to make sure you're wearing the proper eyewear that's rated for the pulse frequency of the laser. And you have to make sure you're not breathing in any of the fumes that the laser generates. So the more it can be automated, the safer it's going to be for both the surface and and, and then keeping people away from the laser source would also be uh, a nice thing, you know, where, where it's more like a drone, a laser drone versus yeah. someone holding onto it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's, I think, uh, the future for lasers is it, it's very exciting. It really is. I just had this like image yeah, in my yeah. mind. Oops. Feedback. I just had this image in my mind of um, like yeah, like street cleaners, like snow plows. You know, you uh, got to get the you get they have to get the most vital area first. So it's like highway, you know, and then it's mm-hmm. it's like police department, fire department, and then and then all the peons get their get their roads done right over the. I lived in New mm-hmm. England for a while. I remember that. Yeah. 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 What if you just had a laser? But then, 
And as you were saying it, I was thinking like, well, why even have to have a truck? Why not just have some quadcopters going up and down the roads just, and then right. you're going to go really far in the future. What if you just had them installed in the street lamps and just had them crisscrossing the roads, right. just burn off all yes. the, all the snow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a brave new world. Yeah. That is, yeah. yeah that, because someone's going to hack that and yeah, that's going to be a new terror. Yeah. Just getting burned by lasers. Yeah. I mean, yes. SDI. Yeah. I mean, they were they were trying to, you know, Reagan had his fingers in that pie. They wanted to. That's be, right. They wanted to be shooting right. down ICBMs yeah. with those things. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the Russian or the Soviet space shuttle, the Buran, B U R A N. One of the the payloads it was supposed to carry up. I, I think it is either the Buran or maybe it exploded. I remember whatever it was. That's not important. It had a CO two. Yeah, it had a CO two laser. And I'd forgot about it till you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that was one of their, they wanted their own sort of SDI type thing. I don't think mm. it worked. So I don't know. Side mm -hmm. rant. I, I guess bankrupting the Soviets ended up working out. But right. yeah. Um, so what other sustainable cleaning practices? I got you for, got you for 20 more minutes. I'll try to make sure I get through their questions. Sure. What other, oh, sorry. No, I said, sure. Oh, that's all. Yeah, I'm responding yeah. to my own feedback. I was like, did I say, <laughs> what other unsustainable cleaning practices can be phased out with lasers and baking soda? Asking for a friend. Shout out Creaky Bones. That's their username. Yeah. Cleaning practice that can be phased out with lasers and baking soda. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Well, that's interesting. So I did say up front, right, there's two companies here and I, I didn't mention the second company, but it's it's related to everything we're talking about. Um, so so the other company is called Esca Blast, and Esca Blast, uh, we are on the Esca side a supplier of all things blasting, and by blasting I mean sandblasting, media blasting, okay. and soda blasting. So so uh, so that's interesting that was mentioned, but very familiar with that as well. And soda blasting has been around also for a long time, about 30 years at this point. You mentioned the Statue of Liberty timing. Uh, soda blasting was used back in the 80s for that restoration project. And it was about the inside, the interior of the statue. And there's a, there is a very thin copper lining and that needed to be cleaned. And they tried different methods and long story short, they, uh, landed on, hey, what if we try baking soda? And that's truly where soda blasting was formed and, and discovered. It worked great, didn't do any harm to the copper lining, and and it, it took off from there. So soda blasting is an eco-friendly process, and uh, it's, it's the same chemical composition as what's in our refrigerator. So household baking soda is sodium bicarbonate, and so is... Uh, soda blast media that goes into a uh, blast machine. The uh, soda is going to also be very gentle and not and not we call it a non-destructive cleaning method. But you still are faced with some waste generation. You are still faced with dust generation. So it is a very dusty process. There's ways to mitigate that and, and to use water, but it's still creates some sort of waste stream and soda blasting. How's this for a, a comparison with laser versus soda blasting? So you, there are plenty of restoration companies, uh, commercial restoration companies. So 
So companies that will go in after a fire occurs or a flood occurs, and they'll use the baking soda method to clean out the mold or, or any of the fire damage. It, it's a wonderful way to deodorize. It's a wonderful way. It goes pretty quick and, and you're not using chemicals. Uh, so, so even though there's a waste stream, it's not hazmat or anything of that nature. You can also use a laser system for that process. It's going to go much slower today, uh, but you're eliminating the need for containment. You're eliminating any waste generation, uh, but certainly you need to have the laser, right? And, and, and that's right, you know, America's not there yet. There's very, very few companies that rent lasers. Um, and when they do rent them, usually it's a very high profile project to a contractor that's certified on how to use that type of technology. So, um, but the soda blasting is a good method. It's still apples and oranges when, when trying to compare it to lasers. Uh, but, but the question also was what else can be phased out? Well, uh, beyond soda blasting, you know, we also get involved in the term is sandblasting, but, but. We don't sell sand, for instance. No one really uses sand anymore because there's uh, that that can become toxic, uh, toxic because of the silica content and and what can result. So, but the term is is very generic these days. So instead of sand, people now use uh, just other eco-friendly, aggressive media's that are out there. Recycled bottle glass is a very popular media used today that's safe to use, uh, but. And that might be used on stripping a car, for instance. And, and again, I mentioned before, you can use the laser to strip a car. It's it's coming. The 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 media blasting business, uh, although it's a very large industry, surface preparation and, and lasers right now, as they just represent a very very tiny portion of the overall surface preparation market, and. All of those other methods have pros and cons. Um, and, and, and laser, I've referred to it uh, at times as the holy grail of surface prep because of the la- no waste and, and and just all the other you know benefits we talked about. Uh, the, the fact it's gonna actually be a better cleaning tool and so on. Uh, however, think, you know, so we supply contractors that do very, very large municipal water tanks. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. wouldn't, be able to use a laser. Well, you could still use a laser. It just might take you a couple of years, right, to do that type, that size project. Whereas today, you know, most people are still sandblasting those water tanks and repainting. So, but it's it's going to replace the use of chemicals and solvents. It's already happening. Uh, there's another media blast uh, method called dry ice blasting. So that's becoming more popular and that's pretty neat. Uh, it's a cleaning method. Again, it's not using, it's not creating any waste. Uh, everything sublimates, right? The dry ice goes from um, salt a solid to a gas and, and skips over creating any liquid or anything like that. So that's becoming increasingly popular uh, in industrial plant settings and, and can also be used for fire restoration and mold remediation and things of that nature. Uh, but they all have um, their, you know, containment issues. They all have still a need for someone to do very physical labor. And, and lasers 
are not heavy. Lasers can be used by anybody. Uh, in Italy, most uh, conservators are women, and, and, it's, and lasers are also used in Europe quite a bit for a lot of the historic preservation there. Uh, and, and, and here in the States, you know, anyone can sandblast, but it's, it would be uncommon to see a female uh, at the end of a sandblast hose. It's, it's a male-dominated industry, whereas the use of lasers, it's, it, it, like I said, it's gender neutral uh, and much, much uh, easier for anybody to learn how to use a laser than to try to sandblast them. Yeah, it's, I know that sandblasting, I know they use that for um, restoring M1 Abrams tanks. I remember watching mm. a documentary, they'll, they'll take the turret off in this mm -hmm. huge chamber and yeah they bring it up and they'll just yeah. blast it and yeah. yeah apparently that it's yeah that's cheaper than buying a new tank but yeah I yes. figure, yeah, yeah if you use it to if you use it to clean an m1 abrams tank i figure you could probably do anything right <laughs> it's right. yeah um next question is how long until the price point drops to a mass consumer level if possible at all does the tech have the ability to do so from Hilby? Shout out Hilby, yeah. yeah. I think we are, uh, I would say still at least five to 10 years away from, from when there's a noticeable difference. So, uh, so for instance, uh, someone could purchase today a very good soda blast system for about 10 grand. I mean, you, you'd need to have accessories and things like that. The only thing not included in that price tag would be an air compressor. So all sandblasting, media blasting is powered by a source of compressed air and you can rent air compressors. So uh, so not everyone needs to, to own an air compressor. Um, laser systems, I've seen price points that do start out at, um, I mean, you have to be looking at where it's coming from. So a uh, uh, Chinese-made laser is definitely, you can get one for less than $50,000, uh, but it's it might not last too long or just have some inherent issues that, that you would not encounter with a laser source made in Germany or someplace in Europe. Uh, and as you start to factor in the quality of the laser itself, the price then you're you're going up to sixty seventy eighty thousand dollars uh and that that would be the price point say for someone that's true they're cleaning the canadian parliament building or the supreme court they would need a laser system and, and that's going to be your cost about seventy thousand uh, dollars the systems that we sell to the packaging manufacturers to clean their analogs rolls uh those involve more automation and more sophistication so their price point is a little bit over a hundred K, give or take. So, you know, if you think about a commercial restoration contractor that, you know, they make their living going in and cleaning up after a disaster strikes, uh, $10,000 is something that they can afford and they'll have the right equipment in their fleet when the phone rings, the lasers, uh, you know, so, so when will the laser be $10,000? Um, I, I think that's about 10 years out. If I had to take a guess, I, I don't think we'll see much more uh, movement in, in terms of prices coming down to a more budget friendly uh, situation. Uh, I think it's going to take that long. 
the, the market is dominated by European laser manufacturers. Uh, and, and that's starting to change. Uh, there is one company here in America that now, uh, is making laser systems here, uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a game changer. So, uh, so, so that in, in and of itself is going to help bring things down from a cost standpoint. And it's just a, a matter of time. So believe it or not, big country, right? You would think it's more than one company making lasers here in the States. It isn't, uh, not yet, but that's changing. There, there's definitely going to be more domestic producers, uh, I think, uh, coming online over the next few years. And with more domestic competition, that's when I think the, the pricing is really going to uh, start to come down. How long until we see the, the handheld laser that you were talking about, your, your pocket laser? When do we see that? Well, they actually, so there's a company in Israel that makes something like that now. Um, it's called a pulse laser. It's, it's a little bit different. Very it, picture like just a, a pulse of light, like a pencil point. And, and then try to use that on a very large statue. You are there for a very long time. I've seen them in action. But they're lightweight. It could you could stick that in a holster ultimately, um, but it's not wireless, right? It still would have to be corded back to the laser source itself. Um, but but the 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 lasers are shrinking, you know, as we speak. Uh, the better ones are a little heavier, uh, but they still are corded back to the laser source. So when do we have something that truly is cordless, wireless, and able to zap something? I think that's a ways away, you know, pro- probably at least a decade. Because I want one too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking like, if there was any company to like burst out a laser as just like a cherry on top, the first thing that popped in my head was like, it would be the Tesla Cybertruck, right? It would have like, like yeah. <laughs> laser windshield wipers or something, right. or, yeah. it, or it has that, that entire, that, that one front light you know, yeah. like, you know that thing's gonna shoot down in front of it, and it'll be like, you know, are you driving in Canada? Like, burn the snow away. Yeah. It's gonna be something like that, and then it's yeah. that would be imagine, yeah, imagine laser windshield wipers. Right, just beam, beams away, right? It's like Star Wars, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't even have to. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to do like that. You could do any like. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 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 I hope I hope I'm not looking back at this ten years like just as heartbroken as I was I in twenty eighteen. Yeah, there. like no no, we went back. We went backwards. Just yeah. yeah. Like popular yeah. mechanics. Okay. Let's see. How or not we just did that one. The cleaning pattern of laser machines seems to be similar to using a let's see. Okay, I got you for seven more minutes. The cleaning pattern of laser machines seems to be similar to using a pressure washing gun, and one problem is that overlap causes uneven cleaning. The pressure washing solution to this is using a surface head, a bar with a couple nozzles spinning quickly on a swivel. Do you think there will be a, a similar method to allow for less streaky cleaning with lasers? And I don't know how to say their username. Yeah, so that question refers to the laser scanner uh, shape and size. So, um, you know, a laser source is a laser source. uh, And then it's it's how is the laser delivered to the surface uh, is, is I think, what that question is all about. And that uh, question or what he has seen or she has seen would be, um, 
what is very common in the world of industrial lasers. It's called a linear laser. Um, however, you know, lasers, all lasers start out as a point of light. So think uh, actually like a laser pointer, right? Uh, so if I had a laser pointer right now, um, you would just see a red dot on the wall, okay? Um, and a linear laser, what that's doing is, it is just moving the laser pointer, the laser dot back and forth, left to right. And that's what we see with our naked eye. It happens so quickly that instead of a point, we're seeing a beam, mm. right? There is a new technology out there that we're very familiar with, um, and it's proprietary. Um, and and it's uh, instead of it going back and forth, it now is rotary, round and round and round. The, the reason for that has to do with the fact that there is still, you know, so how do lasers work? Yes, they're magic, but they also, from a physics standpoint, they're creating, um, generating these, these processes that happen at the same time. Uh, one of them is a photothermal effect. So there is definitely still some heat uh, involved. And when we're talking to people that wanna learn more, uh, sometimes they have this impression that a laser is a flamethrower. And, and all of a sudden you're just throwing out a massive amount of heat and that's how it works. That is not the case. So, and we can demonstrate that very easily to people. So when they are at our place, we're doing a demonstration, we'll, we'll hit something with the laser and then we'll stop and we'll ask them, put your hand right where the laser was right now and, and don't worry. And when they do that, they will feel uh, a slight warmth, but it's not like a, a stove burner, right? Where you would you'd get burnt. Uh, you would never put your hand on a hot burner uh, and then lasers just aren't, you know, they don't function that way. Uh, however, because of that heat element, when you're working on certain, um, certain surfaces such as ceramic, right? So back to the analog world, when you use a linear laser on a ceramic surface, when that point stops and goes back, it's actually depositing a little thermal energy right there. And no different than when a card is going forward and then it needs to go into reverse. Well, you first got to stop. Uh, and even if it's a millisecond, which is what it is in, in the world of lasers, you are still stopping long enough for that heat to be left behind. Mm -hmm. So on some surfaces, it doesn't matter. It's not going to do any harm. But on other surfaces, such as a very finely engraved ceramic surface, we have seen personally the damage that a linear laser can create and that's why the inventor of the rotary scanner uh did it is, is to avoid the, the stopping and starting and instead if it never stops it's never going to leave behind any thermal energy uh and that that does get so he's asking about the variations uh that that cleaning i mean it, it can happen in, in with anything any cleaning tool you're using uh it's hard to be consistent, but the rotary laser does allow, gives, it's more forgiving uh, and, and there's ways to adjust some of the settings as well. So we've seen 
Uh, and, and we can go past 11, Tommy, a little bit. It's okay. So I don't want you to feel pressured here. Okay, to, to finish on time here. Uh, so, but we've seen demonstrations. So picture an old limestone building and they darken over time. And that darkness is carbon typically, right? It's atmospheric pollution. Um, if, if there's a building in, in an urban area, it, it's, it's gonna be exposed to more elements, uh, just uh, the exhaust from a car or buildings near train stations, right? There's all sorts of things that will latch on to the surface of a building and stay there over time, uh, darkening and, and making it look dirty. So when someone comes along to power wash that building and the owner just wants the dirty portions clean because he can't afford to have the whole building cleaned, all of a sudden, what, what, what was dirty is super clean, right? It looks new, yet, you know, the, the portions of the building that weren't touched, that looks funny all of a sudden. I, you know, they, uh, they got beauty spots all over the building. So, uh, so, so this rotary laser, it has this ability to control the intensity of the power. And as a result, you can still clean a building, but not necessarily, it, it, and make it blend in, let's say, with the cleaner portions of the building to, to almost like feathering with painting, right? Uh, you, you do now have that type of control with this particular laser. Uh, and that's a relatively new development, uh, but, but it is possible back to, back to that question, definitely uh, it can be done with, with the latest uh, technology available. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's, yeah, it's just, it's that, it's almost like a, what is it, the, the moment, what is it, specific impulse it's like the change of, yeah, it's like, remember in physics, it's like when the ball hits the bat, like there is a moment where it is no longer going one way and the other, and that's where that's where all the magic occurs. It's probably not as that's good right. if you've got a laser and you're going over a Da Vinci painting, right? You can't have that right. specific yeah. impulse of, yeah, just burn yeah. a little line into the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So I, there's, there's two more questions, or one of them, yeah, two more questions, and then thank you. I can get them in. I guess one of them is kind of multi-parts from from top one one dave is there a is there a preferred cleaning frequency or wavelength what got him into laser cleaning versus laser cutting or laser welding and what pee what ppe besides goggles do you need so first part is there a preferred cleaning frequency or wavelength it, it depends on um uh, what, what you're uh targeting so uh, there's different watts of laser out there. And so, so just starting with the watts, a typical, I mentioned about 70 grand for, you know, a laser, a com, you know, a commercial or industrial laser that someone would use to clean the Supreme Court building. Uh, typically those machines that, that are at that price point have a 50 watt laser source. However, the military, for instance, uses lasers that are 500 watts. Uh, so, so a big range as you go up in Watts, your cost spirals, uh, spirals upwards. So, uh, and, and then besides the wattage, there's something called pulse frequency and that's measured in kilohertz. And, and then beyond that, there's an equation or a formula that, that computes. So based on your Watts and your pulse frequency, you arrive at millijoules and, and that's really how laser energy is, is described or defined. Mm -hmm. So if I'm getting too much in the weeds, um, 
the right combination of watts and pulse frequency is what you're looking for. And for instance, if you're looking for uh, a very gentle approach on a, on a painting, you're going to use a very high pulse frequency setting, let's say 500 kilohertz, and combining that with 50 watts, that, that's a very gentle setting. As you go down in kilohertz, it becomes more aggressive. Uh, so a 200 kilohertz pulse frequency setting uh, with 50 watts, that, that's going to react much differently. But it's hard to, so, so it just, again, it's case by case in terms of that right combination, uh, in terms of, of what type of power you want to ultimately generate, uh, dependent on, on what you're trying to do. Um, I know one of the parts of that question was PPE. So, you know, you always have to make sure if it's a portable laser and you have the laser head in your hand, meaning you'll be able to see with your eyes the laser beam, you have to wear the appropriate goggles. That's based on wavelength. And every laser is labeled, you know, should be labeled properly. And the wavelength should be labeled right on the laser system itself. Uh, 1064 is a common wavelength, uh, but they, it, it can vary a little bit, but that's the key, making sure your goggles match up with the wavelength of your laser system. You also, you know, so, it produces a very fine dust. It's it's magic, but it's not like everything disappears. Uh, so, so what you're left with is uh, very very fine dust on the scale. Even you know you could almost say it's a nanoparticle. That's how fine it gets. So, if you're cleaning a statue, you know you're zapping the statue. It's creating you know the the, the term is ablation, right? So so we're ablating the soil that's on the surface, the ablation process means we're pulverizing uh, that the surface contaminant. And as we pulverize it, it, it looks like smoke and, and it, in a way it is, but there's particulate in smoke even, right? So, so that's really what I'm talking about. This very fine particulate you would not want to inhale. So you're going to be wearing the proper respirator. Uh, Laser systems also come with fume extractors. So usually if you have the laser head here, there's a separate fume extractor. It's a very sophisticated vacuum system, but there's a fume head that might sit here. And so as the laser is hitting the surface and producing the particulate, the fume extractor is sucking it away instantly. But because it's so fine, it's, there's, you know, it's, it's hard for it to be 100% perfect. So that's why you still wanna protect your lungs and you also wanna protect your skin. You definitely don't want these very fine particles resting on your forearm uh, because they're much smaller than the pores of our skin. And, and certainly you just wouldn't want that to start to get absorbed. So skin protection matters, um, eye protection matters and lung protection matters. The one thing you really don't have to worry about is your ears. It, it's not a loud process at all. So there's really no need for hearing protection, but, but everything else just should be covered up. Uh, and, and then you get into, if you're doing a project, um, there's a statue down in the Wall Street area that was done with a laser several years ago, the George Washington statue. And the uh, contractor that did that, you know, they just were responsible for uh, shrouding the, the statue 
complete containment. So anybody passing by just couldn't, couldn't visually see what's going on in there. Uh, and, and, and there's, you know, that that's typical containment for a laser system. Yeah, I was going to say ablation. I remember the first, the, where I like recognize that word the most is uh, if I was just because I look at different things, Wikipedia, if you go to the hypersonics page, it'll have the, the ranges, subsonic, transonic, supersonic, hypersonic, and then it's called high hyper or upper hypersonic. And that's the reentry vehicles. And it, it talks about how it's no longer like you need a delta wing. It's just you need an ablative shield. It doesn't really matter what it just a, like a dumb shape, like a, like a sphere with yep. and half of it's going to burn off. It's like we're no nothing beautiful. No SR-71, no F-22. Nope. Just a big, dumb eraser. And it's got a burn. Yep. The X-15, when they got it up to when they got it up to its speed record, they put an ablative coating on it and they said it looked yeah. like the outside of a, a pencil eraser it was like pink yeah and yeah. it was yeah, yeah ended up burning and covering the windows and that, that's a whole nother story but um yeah. yeah i'll save the last part of that question for last so here's the second to last yeah. question do you know siltec s-i-l-l-t-e-c do you know siltec's laser cleaning solutions wait wait no no wait hold on i think this guy's plugging his company the user is the user is Siltec. Do you know it? Best results. All right, never mind. Touche, Siltec. So you sly dog. You almost had me plug your company. Talk to someone if they wanted to reach out to me, but I've never heard of the company. Siltec, you sly dog. Insert in your your company. I was reading it. I was like, this sounds like a plug. Best. They're not paying me, Siltec. If you want to pay me, I will plug your company. No one else has, so you don't get it. Or you can come on the podcast, but no. Touche, yeah. Siltec. All right, so we'll go back to the last part of TA11Dave. Yeah. What got him into laser cleaning versus laser cutting slash or, or laser welding? So how'd you get into it? What, what, yeah. Oh, yeah, how'd you get into it? Tell, tell us. Sure. So, so uh, you know, the ARCS company uh, was founded back in the 80s, and uh, the old owner pioneered the the method back then for cleaning these cylinders that we've been you know talking about was the use of soda baking soda blasting uh, again because it's gentle uh, non-destructive eco-friendly and and it worked really well so uh so through the 80s and 90s uh arcs became known as the company to call when you needed a dirty roll clean. Uh, so we always try to stay abreast of new technologies and what might be uh, on the horizon. So that's how we got involved with lasers for cleaning these rollers. Uh, so it's more of our business just fit in with the new technology. And then once I saw it with my own eyes, it was it was very impressive. Uh, and I, I could just tell this is the future. I'm not sure exactly when the future is, uh, when everything's going to line up and be uh, just, you know, no, no one's using soda blasting anymore, but, but that day will come. Uh, we still use the soda blasting method in certain um, instances. So, so we are, so ARCS is both a contractor. So if someone wants to hire somebody, they don't want to clean their walls. They're too busy doing other things. We'll go on site we will clean their rolls for them. And it really, at this point in time, it just breaks down to if it's a huge jumbo roll, 
Uh, right now, we are we we actually have the ability to set up on a big printing press, and we'll do the traditional soda blast method. If instead we step into a narrow web plan, so guys making labels, uh, rolls that we can just pick up with our hands and are very lightweight, we'll actually bring our laser system into their plant and we will clean those smaller rolls using the laser system. And then beyond that, there's plenty of companies that need to control the cleaning process. So they will buy their own cleaning equipment. And when they want to do that, we're able to hook them up with, with a laser system. We've sold, I've lost track, but, but many systems are out in uh, the country now uh, that we've sold to very you know, well-known companies. How's that? Um, so, uh, so we do both, right? We'll do the work and then we can hook people up uh, with that laser system. So that's our evolution, but, but we're always about the cleaning side of lasers. Uh, and, and that questioner is, is correct. Lasers can be used for many other, many other operations these days, uh, but that's not our niche. Our niche is just those, the dial lasers that are designed for cleaning and not cutting or not uh, welding and things of like that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this conversation was definitely, definitely more intelligent than I, than that I could I could keep up with. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to I'm I'm going at full cylinders trying to sound smart. Um, thank you for doing it, sir. Eleven minutes over. I kept you. Thank you for your patience. That's, that's, was, that's perfectly fine. It was, it was a, I enjoyed it. Hey, that's man. Thank you for doing. Like I said, it's the most impossible guest to get on. Every other company. No, no. I was I was getting outsourced to like. I was getting outsourced to like India, like tech help, like, you know, who are you talking to? And I was like, I just, can you put me into anyone to the point where I was like, I was calling, I was like, I don't even care if I talk to a secretary. Can I just, (laughs) it just became a stubborn point. And then you emailed me back and I saw a president and I was like, he shoots, he scores. So thank you, sir. if you ever wanted to do this again and dive deep into surface preparation and sandblasting, that's a whole nother hour long discussion. So, so necessarily be talking about lasers. Uh, but you know, I saw your, your eyebrows go up when I mentioned dry ice blasting. It's a cool technology. It really is. And, and widely used today, but, but I'll tell you, there's still, most people have never heard of it. You know, most people think it's brand new. It's actually not, but, but yeah. it's still new to many, many people. So, so I'd be happy to rejoin you Let's for do it. my, my sandblasting head on, you know, and, and talk to you more about what's happening today in the world of sandblasting it's fascinating because again it's you know 20 years ago people were using sand and people just saw the mess that it made and how it ruined uh many different types of metals and and just you know sometimes wasn't worth it so way different today uh in in, in not just the equipment that's available but also the medias that are used and so on so so just throwing that out there for you absolutely i'll email you right after this it it, it normally takes my internet's terrible it normally takes a, a couple hours to upload the the hd quality one to youtube the other ones for anyone listen bit shoot dtube anchor that the audio will be up on anchor or spotify within an hour i'll send you the, the hd when it's uploaded but i'll email you absolutely i had a guy on yesterday a, sci- a sci-fi author uh roger williams and we went through a whole he gave me like an hour-long uh, walk through the history of vacuum tubes. Completely over my head, but I loved it. So I would love to do a, a, a dry ice episode, man. I'd, 
hey, the more I learn, I'm going to be sitting here, FYI, I'm going to be sitting here like an idiot, just like, okay, all right. But yeah, I would love to, man. I would absolutely love to. That would yeah. be that would be badass. Um, okay. Yeah. And I imagine some people are going to comment questions on uh, when I post this one on Reddit about lasers. So I'll, I'll we'll stash that for another Q&A one down the road. But let's definitely do the dry ice. That sounds insane. Thank you, sir. Analog's Royal Cleaning Systems, not Siltech. Excellent. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And yeah, what I, 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 I'm going to butcher it. And I don't want to butcher it. Pa- Paduano? Paduino? Paduano. Paduano. It's like spelled. Okay. Pad- 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 it seems, it's never that easy. And of course, now it is. Jeff Paduano. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for doing it. I will send you an email when it's uploaded. And let's definitely plan that, uh, that dry ice episode. Sounds excellent. Thank Have you, sir. Night, you too. Stay safe. Bye. Peace. Peace.